Thanks for listening to the All Nations Church podcast. Enjoy this week's message from Dave Shutt. We hope it leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus and empowers you to advance the kingdom of God in your community. If you'd like to find out more, head to allnationschurch.org.uk slash podcast. Well, praise the Lord. Jesus Christ really is high and lifted up overall. This week, just in my times with the Lord and just reading the scriptures, it comes clear once again, if there is one anthem that we can take upon our lips as believers of Jesus Christ from the scriptures, it's this, the Lord reigns. And Psalm 97 says, the Lord reigns, so let the earth rejoice. That's our response, isn't it, to God, who is uh, Lord of all, King of kings. He is wonderful. Uh, In recent weeks, we've been looking at this wonderful, it's not just a theme, it's our life of the king and the kingdom. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Josh Scaife was speaking to us, if you remember, and he talked about this little phrase, if we'll see the king, we'll see the kingdom. And just thinking on that, I was reminded of uh, a few years ago at the Bible College, a student came to me. Uh, she'd been with us for a couple of weeks. She'd come from a, a, a distant lands. English was not her first language. And she knocked on my door and said, can I have a couple of minutes with you? And I said, absolutely, that's fine. Come on in. And she burst into tears. I thought, okay, it's okay. I'm equipped for this. I'm born for this. I'll put on my pastor's hat. And uh, let me ask you some questions. You know, uh, are you homesick? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not homesick at all. So, okay, well, is it, is it the language barrier? Are you struggling to understand uh, what I'm saying, what the lecture is? No, 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 it's nothing to do with, 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 with the language. Said, oh, well, um, okay, are you, are you ill? Are you unwell in your body? No, I'm, I'm fine. Well, at this point, I took the pastor's hat off, realizing that I was not doing so well. They said, well, tell me what's, what's wrong. She said, oh, no, nothing's wrong. The thing is this, I've seen the king, and I'm undone. Everything has changed because I've seen Jesus. This wonderful lady had flown thousands of miles. She was on a journey in herself of walking with God, getting to know the Lord. And in a moment, she had seen the King. We had been in a a lecture looking at uh, the wonderful truth held in just Colossians chapter 1 about who Jesus Christ is. And her life was undone because she'd seen the King. She'd seen something of the kingdom. And now for her, nothing would ever be the same. And that's the same for you and I. When we see Jesus, when we see him, not through our own lens of perception or, or how the world might betray him, but when we see him as he really is, everything else pales into insignificance. He becomes our focus. He becomes our everything. So this morning is another chance from the Word to see Jesus in a fresh way. So uh, if you have your Bibles with you close at hand, uh, would you turn with me please to Matthew chapter 4. These scriptures will come up on the screen, but I would always encourage you, if you've got a Bible, paper, digital, find it, get familiar with it, Read along. I'm going to read this morning from the English Standard uh, Translation. And I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, and then we're just going to cross into chapter 5. Here we go. And Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every, underline that, every disease and every, underline that, affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. 
And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And Jesus opened his mouth and taught them, saying, and we'll stop there, because others will come in weeks to come and fill that out. But before we just rush into all these wonderful things that Jesus is about to say to us, there's a moment, there's a glimpse, there's a clue as to who Jesus really is. The context of this uh, picks up from what James Orby was sharing last week. Jesus walking along uh, the beaches uh, of Galilee, calling people to himself, come and follow me. And immediately people received something because they saw the king. They saw something they'd never seen before and they left everything behind and they followed him with everything they had. And Jesus goes about, we've just read, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Every sick person, every afflicted person that comes to him, Jesus heals them. No one gets left out and now his fame has spread. Imagine that. His fame has spread with no internet, no social media. No cameras, no reporters, but word of mouth of the amazing miracles that Jesus Christ was doing. And Jesus Christ, therefore, becomes this epicenter of the kingdom. Wherever he goes, the crowd goes. And it's incredible. All of Syria had heard of him. Not a portion. All of Syria. It says great crowds started to come to him from Galilee, where he was, from the Decapolis, these 10 cities, uh, uh, just to the southeast of Galilee, from Jerusalem, from Judea, and this little phrase, beyond the Jordan, which opens it wide out. This is a huge area, flock to Jesus. And that's because wherever Jesus is preached, he becomes contagious. He is like wildfire. And now he realizes that there's a great crowd upon him, and it's time to share something. And he's about to teach what we have come to know as the Sermon on the Mount. One writer describes it as Jesus' own manifesto on the kingdom of God, which I quite like. He's going to tell them, disciples, for those of you who heard my call and who have followed me, this is how you need to live. I'm going to teach you some things now about kingdom life. And for the crowds who are listening in as well, he's about to tell them, if you'll receive the call, if you'll follow me, then these are the things you're going to need to change in. And just before he begins to uh, leap into that, we are told from Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, in exquisite detail, that seeing the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Now, that's not just a throwaway line. The Bible isn't a collection of words just cobbled together. God says exactly what he wants to say in exactly the way he wants to say it. So even these little lines of detail, he makes sure that there's a man of detail like, uh, like Matthew, who's writing and recording this, who's a tax man, who's a facts and figures man. He's going to record the detail. And Jesus sat down and his disciples came to him. It's a verse so understated, so uh, uh, underplayed that it's so easily missed. It just tells us something of the narrative, the description of what was going on, something of the there and then. But for those of us this morning online or in this room, who have ears to hear what the Spirit wants to say to them, it tells us something about what Jesus is doing in the here and now. We've already heard this morning, Jesus Christ is seated. He has sat down and now he's drawing all people to himself. This isn't 
just a teaching which is going to come from the religious scribes. The crowds were amazed at what Jesus had to say to them. And that's not just because he was a clever man. Jesus wasn't just a kind man. It's because before them, although they didn't realize exactly who he was at this point, they realized there's something about him. But this was the king of kings. And this teaching that was going to come was going to come from one who was flow, uh, seated on the throne. High and lifted up, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and everyone gathered unto him. Matthew 5, Jesus sat down. The king is seated. We've heard that this morning. We've even sung songs about that this morning. I want you to know that. You can put that in the comments if you want. Just say it with an exclamation mark. The king is seated. The king is on his throne. And that's important for us to know. He's not just sitting down on a chair like we've got here in the Ornation Center. He's sitting on a throne. Kings had thrones. Kings and queens, royalty, they still have thrones today, but they uh, very rarely are used. The queen didn't get up this morning and go and sit on her throne. They're used for state occasions, and that's fine. But in ancient times, the throne was uh, everything that represented all power, all authority, a seat of justice. It showed off their achievements. It showed off their glory, their majesty, their might. And very often, to prove a point, they would elevate the throne. Literally, you'd have to go upstairs so that anyone who would come into the king's presence who would want to look upon the king would have to break their own will to look up. To see the king, it causes us to ask this question. Will I break the will of my life and look up and fix my eyes on Jesus Christ? This morning, I believe the word is coming to cause us to look up and see the king and not just any king, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, who is seated on his throne. Tim shared the start of the year from Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I looked, Isaiah said, and I saw the Lord seated on his throne. This amazing uh, passage of time where the earth shook because an earthly ruler had died. And yet in that exact moment, as the earth is flailing around, what do we do? It means transition. It means change. It means challenge. Isaiah looked up and saw the Lord and saw one who was steadfast, faithful, and resolute. Saw one that as the world was shaking all around him, he saw an unshakable king sitting on an unshakable throne of an unshakable kingdom. And this Jesus, who's seated on his throne, is the one who the Bible says is closer than a brother. He's here right now. He's here where you are. If you're a believer, he's actually on the throne of your life. We've accepted him into, his, into our hearts as Lord of our lives. And if you don't know him yet, he's close to you too. And he's seated on his throne. You might ask yourself, particularly if you don't know Jesus, it's the first time you're tuning in, why is Jesus sitting down? Have you not, does he not watch the news? Has he not got work to do? There, there, there seems to be chaos. There seems to be disorder. There seems to be, uh, isn't there a lot more work to be done? Well, turn with me, please, to uh, a passage in the book of Hebrews. Again, these scriptures will come up. Hebrews chapter 1 and the first three verses. And let's see what Jesus is doing. says this, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. 
But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom God appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He, that is Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Praise the Lord. This is our king. This is our Jesus. Look at the description. He's the heir of all things. He's the one through whom God created the world. He's the radiance of the glory of God. He's the exact imprint, or another version says, he's the exact representation of God's nature. It tells us that he's sustaining and upholding everything by the power of his word. And verse 3 says this, And having purified us, From sins by his blood, he sat down. He is enthroned at the right hand of the Father. The King is seated. And he's seated because there was no lack in the great work that Jesus came to do. On the cross, when we read about it, when our hearts are stirred, we must remember by faith, nothing was missing. Nothing was left out. There was nothing more that he could have accomplished on the cross than he already did. And that's interesting because when we read about sacrifices in the Old Testament, we'll find a curious thing. Turn a few pages with me from Hebrews chapter 1 to Hebrews chapter 10. Just get ready. It's a curious fact that another portion of the Bible that we read about sacrifices for sins being made was in the tabernacle and in the temple. And you can read about what God says about these places, and he goes into exquisite detail about how they are to look and how they are to function. And here is my curious fact of the week. I don't find that there's any description given for seats in the tabernacle or the temple. The priests never got to sit down. Think, man, that's hard work. Don't we read of one priest who sat down? Well, you will read about him. His name's Eli, 1 Samuel chapter 3. But he's sitting down because of a neglect of his duty. But priests couldn't sit down because they were forever having to offer sacrifices for the sins of the people. And because there was no one sacrifice at that time that could take away all the sins of the people, it meant their work was never done. It meant they never finished working. It meant they could never rest and sit down. But when Jesus, our king, and Hebrews 8 tells us, our great high priest, made purification, sacrificed himself, laid his life down for our sins, it says, he sat down. Because once and for all, a sacrifice had been made so that no other sacrifice was needed. Let's read about that now in Hebrews chapter 10. Says this in verse 10, and by that will, this is the will that Jesus said in Psalm 40 uh, and in Luke 22 in Gethsemane, I've come to do your will, not my will, but your will be done. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which can never take sins away. But... When Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for all sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down. 
The king is seated once and for all. That's why as Jesus is hanging on a cross, you can read this in John chapter 19. In verse 28, it says this, knowing that he had accomplished all things, he was able to cry aloud, it is finished, and he yielded up his spirit. And what does that mean? Well, just read one more verse with me, please. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 13. He sat down at the right hand of God, verse 13, waiting from that time until all his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Our King, Jesus Christ, is a totally victorious king. Jesus took the short-sighted, quick-fix plan of the devil that he thought would kill Jesus once and for all, and he took it, and he turned it on its head, and he transformed it into the greatest victory the world has ever seen. That's why in Revelation 5, we read that the lamb slain is on the center of his throne. That's why in Revelation 14, they can't but help themselves around the throne. They never stop singing how wonderful he is, how worthy he is, how holy he is, how magnificent he is. You see, Jesus' victory, friends, was total. He didn't just come and have victory over sickness. No, he vanquished the one who was bringing sickness into the world. Jesus didn't come just to uh, conquer uh, sin. He came to defeat the one who had deceived man and brought sin into the world. Jesus didn't come just to conquer death. He came to destroy the one who had made it his job to steal, kill, and destroy. And bring life and life in all its fullness. That's why one of my favorite scriptures right now that I keep coming back to, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, for this reason did the Son of God come, to destroy the works of the evil one. And that's why he sits. Because everything is done, it is finished. This is how he sits, comfortably with his feet up. Now, don't think he's relaxing because he's active. This is a throne that's on the move. The kingdom of God is advancing. But his feet are on a footstool, and under his feet are all his enemies. He rules, he reigns. Why? Because the king is seated. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. Have a read for yourself. We'll tell you this. Every enemy is under his feet. Everything, every circumstance, every situation, every virus, everything that is opposed to his purpose and to his promises is firmly under his feet. Jesus didn't come just to accommodate the thrones of our lives and to, to, to sit alongside us. No, he came to rule. He came to reign. He came to do a perfect and complete work. And it is finished. And he sat down. And he sat down forever to rule and reign. And so, friends, let faith come in your heart now. Whatever you're facing, sickness, it's his footstool. Disease, it's his footstool. Death, it's his footstool. Sin, it's his footstool. Every enemy that sets it up against the promises and purposes of God is a defeated enemy and it's under his feet. The king is seated. He's ruling and reigning. Whatever you're facing, whatever the world might be facing, I want to tell you this with every uh, confidence that I have. 
It holds no fear for you because the king is on his throne. And if you've seen the king and you see the kingdom, you'll know this, that he has called us up to rule and to reign with him. Let nothing, let nothing keep you a captive of fear. They are under his feet. They are but a footstool. Today, I ask you to consider this. Would you look upon Jesus in a fresh way? As faith arises in your heart, as we sing the songs that we've sung this morning, as we've taken the cup, as we've taken the bread, we're remembering Jesus, not just through our own lens, not just through a cultural lens or an ethnic lens or a world lens or a media lens. We're seeing him as he truly is because when we see the king, we'll see the kingdom. And our king is ruling and reigning. The king is seated and all his enemies are under his feet. We share these messages not to fill time, not just for information, but that we might be transformed, that we might see the king, behold the kingdom, and find our place in it in the days in which we live. I switch on the, the news this morning. I, I scroll through uh, different news outlet websites. I look on social media, and I find a world that is morally bankrupt, uh, politicians who are in disarray, a world that doesn't know how to face the challenges it's facing. And yet we stand confident, with, armed with the word of God and filled with his Holy Spirit and seeing a king who is seated on his throne. And we say, thank you, Lord, you are seated on your throne and every enemy is under your feet. Let's be like Isaiah in a world that's shaking, and dare to look up and see the Lord high and lifted up, seated on his throne. Because that is who he really is right now. And what's a right response to what I shared with you? Well, just take another look at Matthew 5, verses 1 and 2, if you will. See in the crowds, Jesus went upon the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he taught them. Seeing the crowds, he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he taught them. You know, when we come to him, if we'll come to Jesus, see him as he really is, his delight is to pour out his life into ours, that we might know about him and be transformed. And let me say one more thing about this throne, one last scripture which will appear on your screen in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Our king seated on his throne is nothing to be afraid of. We walk in the fear of the Lord. But watch what Hebrews chapter 4, 16 says about our king on this throne. Let us, that's you and I, let us then with confidence, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. I'm so encouraged by that, that whatever we're facing, he never repels us. He never turns us away, but his throne exists to draw us towards that in a time of need we may receive, coming boldly, coming confidently to receive everything we need. That's our king who's seated on his throne. Friends, once more, come to Jesus. See the king. See the kingdom but see him as he truly is, not in the filter, through the filter or the lens of what you're going through or what the world is facing, but see him as he really is, 
seated on his throne, high and lifted up, King of kings, Lord of lords, with every enemy firmly under his feet. The king is seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, friends. We trust you have been encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to get connected, you can write to us at hello at allnationschurch.org.uk or call us on 029-2052-4125. Thank you so much for tuning in.